Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. This is a bonus edition for you. Me and Dan just so excited, fresh off a couple of really interesting games of rugby this weekend. We've decided to record a special um, a special edition looking back at that. And once again, we're in the uh, in the Killick kitchen, which is becoming the, the new home for this podcast, really, Dan, isn't it? I'd be happy if we uh, continued recording here, Jeff. Yeah, like I say, this is a bit of a grace period spot. while you while you've been on your paternity <laughs> leave. I think this is going to uh, this is going to have to have to change. I think, but uh, it's uh, I'm going to hold on to it for as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, and a couple of um, couple of uh, new guests to the podcast as well because uh, they're usually asleep at this point, and that's your uh, your two dogs, Woody and Farley. Yeah, they must be your listening to your your, your tones there. You have sent them <laughs> off to sleep. Actually, they are now snoozing. <laughs> That's uh, that's incredible. Yeah, two two minutes before we were recording, they were barking and chasing things in the yeah. garden, and then uh, all of a sudden they've uh, they've gone to sleep, which hopefully isn't indicative of the audience <laughs> of this podcast. But you uh, you never know. One thing that nobody was sleeping through was that magnificent game of rugby on Friday night between Leinster and the Scarlets. That is the only place to start. What a fantastic game! Yeah, I'm still smiling now. That was a special special game, wasn't it? Um, a phenomenal result. Um, yeah, just absolutely delighted. It was an incredible game, and we're going to come on and dissect the game in a minute. But really, for me, that felt like it was right up there in terms of the great wins by a Welsh club in in the pro era. Where do you uh, where do you think that that one stacks up versus some of the great wins of the past? I think for me, it's probably probably at the top actually of um, you know Wales's greatest regional regional win really um, especially when you look at where the Scarlets have come from yeah. you know the first half of the season um, and also with that red card it's got to be right up there isn't it it seemed yeah it had all the ingredients didn't it really yeah. everyone had written had written off the world sides going into these semi-finals oh no one wins away in the in the semi-finals of the Pro 12 
but to be to be fair, I don't think anyone in that dressing room would paid the blindest bit of notice to that because yeah. we talked about mentality last week and kind of how important that had been in Saracen's European success. That to me looked like a side that had a massive sense of belief. Yeah, I think you could tell, can you, from the interviews afterwards that they almost everyone that was interviewed mentioned that uh, you know they'd been they'd been written off. They knew in that camp that they were gonna they were gonna go out there and do a job and win. And the belief that's there is exceptional, isn't it? And they're a very, very well coached unit, aren't they? I think they are. I think the coaching is is something we'll kind of get onto in a minute, but they've got a massive role to play in that because it just was a fantastic performance. So just quickly then, I think you kind of almost ducked the question. Are you saying this is the the best win by a, a Welsh region in the pro era? Yeah, for me it is. Okay, I'd say, yeah. It's quite clear when you look, you know, you look back at that region in particular and some of the, the great wins they've had in the Heineken Cup. You know, you look back at some of the wins over over Munster in the in the Heineken quarterfinals. Uh, there was that fantastic win over Toulouse. Yeah, kind of going back into two thousand six. Two thousand six, yeah. So you know, it's it's a region that's, that's steeped in um, steeped in tradition of uh, of kind of overcoming the odds at certain points. But I know what you mean. To me, it, it felt like you were watching something really, really special on Friday night. Yeah, it lived it lived up to it, didn't it? Because. We've got used now, got used to the uh, the Scarlets playing such an exciting brand, haven't we? And not not just this year, but over the years. You know, if we go back to that that two thousand seven game, that was a mighty exciting game. Go back to the Toulouse game, it was free flowing open rugby. You know, the Scarlets, uh, you know, they've they've produced brilliant games, haven't they, over the years? They have, and I think well, I think that's a really interesting point because. The, the style of play <laughs> it comes full circle as we reach the end of the season we come back to the very first thing that we ever talked about on this podcast was an exciting brand of rugby well I tell you what the Scarlets are currently playing a really incredibly exciting free-throwing rugby but with a really hard mean pack to um, to help produce them some ball yeah. as well they look like the all-round package to me yeah they do they're um, they're a team that you you almost don't want the games to end do you when they're playing like that because mm-hmm. you I think for a neutral as well, you just it was an it's an absolute joy to uh, joy to watch. I was speaking to a chap down in the park this morning, and he he, he said that he you know he watched the Scarlets game, and you know he'll be watch he wants to watch more and more. Of yeah, it. and that's an English guy just loved it. Um, and they they're a team aren't they? they do play off the cuff, but they're also so well coached that they they do they play in the right the right parts of the pitch. Um, but they're not afraid to have a go, even in their own, even in their own twenty-two. They back themselves. I think the coaches must say, "Look, if you think it's on, it is on, and go for it. And if you make an error, we're not going to be on your back." And I think a lot of the times at the moment, in some of the teams, if they're so afraid of making a mistake, aren't they? Almost being, you know, hauled off or you know, analysed to the hilt. That it seems to be the shackles are off there, and it's you know, if you make an error, you make an error. But nine times out of ten, at the moment they're not, and it's really adding to an exciting brand. How important has the coach's role been in, in developing this kind of fearlessness then? Coach, they, an enormous part, isn't it? I mean, Pivac, it wasn't so long ago that people were calling for Pivac's head, mm. isn't it? Um, and, you know, Stephen Jones is... I think, Piv, going back to Pivac, he's a very, very good coach, isn't he? He is. He's proven his mettle this season, and you're never gonna you're never going to win big games like that if you don't look up at... Your head coach and go, yeah, I, you know, I want This is the kind of guy I want to go out and do battle for. The mentality stuff, you know, it has to come from the top down. Really, yeah. there's there's been very few exceptions in the history of rugby where you've had a coach that, 
you know, the kind of you know, you look at kind of maybe someone like Brian Ashton during the two thousand seven World Cup, and it was almost like the players kind of were out there performing for him, uh, were out there performing for themselves rather than for him. But generally speaking, you need that really strong, pivotal figure at the at the top, and and he really seems to be that. You know, he's he's a tough, yeah, he's like a compromising of, Kiwi, isn't he's he? He's like a bit of steel, isn't he? Yeah. He's, quite, he's very measured. You can just see that he's got the respect of everyone around him. And then when you add in the likes of Stephen Jones, who, when we're looking back at a lot of these games, you see Stephen's involved in them, isn't he? Back in, you know, was it 2007 or 2006? Yeah, yeah, and 2006. Um, maybe, maybe he was out in France at that point. I can't yeah. remember. Can't, can't remember. I well, a, lot remember of the, yeah. a lot of the game featured him. Yeah. You see him, on, you see him in, the, in the stands then with the coach, and it's just it's lovely, isn't it? Another, another person that's done very, very well is uh, Hayward, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Byron Hayward. Um, X ten wasn't he, former boxer. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look they look watertight, don't they? They look they look like the complete package. And well, then Taylor, that's we haven't exactly. Yeah, it's a real. Team. It's a. I think all the coaches will be, their reputations will be glowing off the back of this side because, you couldn't really look at any area of um, of Scarlets on Friday night and say that they were weak because as much as we love talking about their free flowing rugby and stuff. They really adapted their game plan to nullify Johnny Sexton. And I tell you what, any New Zealand province or, um, mm. or the All Blacks themselves will, will, have, will have seen that game and thought, we can, get, we can get to Sexton because I thought the Scarlets had him in their pocket yeah. the whole game. Well, phys- yeah, you can get to him physically and mentally, can't you? And it's not often talked about, is it, that you can get to him mentally? Mm. It's always talked about that he's this you know, absolute rock if you do niggle him, and Rawlins niggled mm. him, didn't he? There was a fair yeah. bit going on, you know, little 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 chats right in his ear. They and that would have been Pivak probably. I would have said that would have just quietly, you know, like if we get into him, then you know we'll see. A, it could we'll be see, it, we'll it, see, it, it could be Byron Hayward saying uh, giving a bit of boxing advice, going could, out there trying to get be, a few yeah, early jabs, short in, rabbit jab yeah. to the to, to the um, yeah. But he, he he's he's hot headed, isn't he? He loses his head. And um, the, yeah, the little scrap with um, with Gareth Davis is another. With Gareth, yeah, but you've got to watch. You just hope Gareth doesn't go over the top, don't you? And just start um, taking his boots off. And, yeah, um, I quite enjoyed listening to Marius Matreya refer to it as handbags with his uh, with his accent. Though I thought yeah. that sounded that sounded brilliant. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that was a, a really really impressive yeah. defensive display from the Scarlets, and you know that was they they hit. They were really clinical with their um, with their three tries in the first half. But the thing that really stood out for me was they they did not allow their heads to drop when Steph Evans was uh, was sent off, and that's the you know that's the sign of a really and yeah. um, you know a really strong club unit culture, isn't it? We talk about it culture is, yeah. a lot, and, and you, you know, don't want to let him down. No, and to go back again to a few historic um, you know great Welsh victories, I think if you look when um, when Cardiff Blues went on that run in uh, in two thousand and nine Heineken Cup. And they beat Gloucester with 14 men. Um, Tom James was sent off um, yeah. relatively early. But again, you could tell there was a spirit within the side that said it, it doesn't matter. And I think that can play really heavy on the 15-man side when they look up and they're getting no change out of a 14-man unit. Yeah. I think that can really kind of get to you. Yeah, mentally, that's it's it's very, very hard to take. You start getting frustrated, don't you? Because you should really just build and go through the you know go through the phases mm-hmm. and it's exactly what um, what Leinster didn't do they didn't need to play the game they did they they were they were forcing it wide they just needed to keep it tight play off 10 inside outside and then literally 
when they had the overlaps go out wide and they got flustered because the Scarlets, as you said, was so um, the defensive line was was strong. They read everything superbly well, um, and their game management was was spot on. It was really, really impressive. I think it was. And in amongst that fantastic team performance, there were some incredible individual performances. Yeah. I think to a man, everyone stood up and performed, you know, including all the replacements. I, yeah. You just looked and thought, this is a, this is a side that is performing well above the, the sum of the individual parts. That said, there were one or two players for me that I just thought were phenomenal. Who kind of stood out for you on Friday night? I mean... James Davis, you've 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 got to mention him, and you. I thought when he was playing in his at seven, that's when I most enjoyed watching him because he was he was the best player on the park by a country mile. You then switch him out when he was when he was out on the wing, and you can just see the way he scans reads the game. Um, I think because he's a, a bit of a joker, and you know afterwards we saw him with his you know putting his fists to the in the camera, and there's photos of him afterwards with you know a can in the change rooms. Yeah. You think that he's this sort of you know possibly a bit of a, a bit of a you know a dull a dull character, and he's got not not got a lot going well, on upstairs. Yeah, dull dull in the intellectual sense. Yeah, he's certainly not a dull yeah. character in no. terms of a entertainment yeah. factor. No, I sorry, I meant yeah, yeah. In the intellectual side, but he 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 has got an unbelievable rugby brain, hasn't he? And that is is so difficult, isn't it? When you're out on the when you're out on the wing, you can be caught, you can be pulled all over the shop, mm. and at times as well because he was in the outside centre role. I know, you know, if you slot in an outside centre and someone you're playing against someone decent, they can literally turn you on a sixpence. He, if anything, he was making them do what he wanted them to he do. He was leading the defensive line yeah. from out on the wing, and yeah. he's an open side flanker. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's phenomenal. It was something that was mentioned on on Friday night was that given his sevens experience, and obviously he's played sevens mm. at the very highest level, including the Olympics, that that's probably had a massive influence on his positioning and his awareness and obviously his, his physical ability to, yeah. to cover big areas of ground. How important do you think sevens can be in terms of developing a player's all-round game? I believe it does have a big... It does make a big difference, doesn't it? But often... If you look back historically, quite a few players that have been on the seventh circuit, they don't. It almost sort of goes against them mm. in a way. They don't then step on and, and, and sort of cement a firm, you know, a firm uh, or or you know, starting start at, at international level. Then they tend to be sort of, I think, labelled as seven know, specialists. Yeah, seven specialists, or they can play in a number of different roles. And I, that's what I wanted to say about James Davis. Is he played brilliantly when he was out on the wing, but his best rugby was when he was at seven for yeah. me. And I think we need to. We, I want to make sure that it's we're all talking about him for for his role at seven in that game, not where he's playing at you know out on the wing mm. because it is it is such a shame that he isn't on this tour, especially on the hard grounds where we're going. Well, I suppose would it be hard over there? It'll not in New Zealand. It, no, it'd be soft, wouldn't it? But mm. it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what ground it is. Does it? He's got <laughs> he's, he's got he's he's, got, way, he's like a racehorse. He can perform in any uh, he's got any position. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I I just I can't quite fathom it because you know we've got all of those back rowers that have that have gone. You know, I, I think particularly in that position, you know, seven is incredibly strong. Even with Tipperick and Warburton off with the Lions, you know, Ollie Griffiths is a terrific talent. Ellis Jenkins is a is a you know, he's a, he's a wonderful player. Have I missed another seven out of that? I can't remember. Uh, That's yeah, what Tom. Oh, yeah, Tom, yeah Tom of Young. course, Tom Young. Um, so, you know, you look at that, you know, Tom Young has been, is the starting seven in a side who could afford any seven in the world. 
they could buy any of those sevens if they wanted to. But the player they've, you know, that mm-hmm. has been an absolute linchpin for them is Thomas Young. So, you know, I, it's really easy to look at that um, that depth of competition and say that's what kept him out. But he's such a different player to all of those. You know, yeah. Ellis Jenkins, I've got a massive amount of admiration for, but he he's very much off that Warburton mould of being an out and out seven and a fetcher. I, you know, I think he's good. You know, he's very good on the ball too. Um, and Ollie Griffiths is another one of you know, it's almost like a a production line of sevens. Yeah. They do all those skills really, really right. Whereas Cubby does that stuff. He does the physicality, he wins your ball. Um, but he's also got such a, a great brain on him attacking-wise that I really think you did this, there's there's room for him somewhere in that squad. Yeah. There has to be, doesn't there? Um, uh, even on the wing. <laughs> yeah. He, he just, he should be involved in the setup there um, because he's been consistently... He's been consistently good now for literally two to three seasons. It's not, it's not, you know, one or two games. It is two to three seasons. Mm. I mean, I put a tweet out saying this is one thousandth man mm. of the match. It feels like that, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Almost every time he gets on the park, he's got man of the match. And if he's not scoring tries, he's making tries. Mm. We haven't. Even, that's not without even talking about his turnovers. Yeah. Um, he's unbelievably strong. There's no, there's no part of his game, is there? But if we're not going to play him because maybe he doesn't fit into the sort of you know he's he's less scripted. Then we need to we need to make sure that we involve him, even if we're going to extend the squad to make him feel part of the Welsh setup. Because he's the type of chap that'd be like, oh, I'm not really bothered about it. You know, I'll I'll, I'll just concentrate on the Scarlet and I'll, and I'll be back. Well, he'll say that, but it will it will undoubtedly have an effect on him because if you're playing the very best rugby of your life and you have been for years, if you're not being picked, mm. it w- you will end up going. Oh, I will sod it then. I'm you know. You know, I'm gonna. He'll just have a little, a little niggle. At well, you. and you'd be half tempted if you were him to go. Yeah, at, so, at some point you think, oh well, you know, his reputation. And you know, he's got a load up. of credit in the bank. Who yeah. wouldn't want that in their side? You know, anyone in France and England would yeah. would want a player of that ability. You'd back him as well to get in. You, you could probably put him in 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 most sides, and he'd 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 back himself, and you could see him getting in there, couldn't you? Do you know what? He'd walk into most national sides, in my opinion. He'd yeah. walk into an England side. England would love to have him yeah. at seven. Yeah, um, he'd, he'd walk into England side. Yeah. I think he'd get an Ireland side. Yeah. Um, that Hamish Watson at Scotland's very good, but yeah. I, I still think I still think I'd have Cubby here for him. Yeah, definitely. He just we just got to be we've got to be if we're not going to play him, we've got to make sure that we we involve him in the setup to make that's, him feel that's, involved. Yeah, that's the thing um, that we, I find so bizarre. Yeah, we need to do this. We need to really look at this because the set because we've got so many sevens. We, we we can't be arrogant about it, can we? And say, oh well, we just we got so many sevens now. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's a great position to be in. It's only a great position to be in if we manage their expectations. And and you know, is is are the coaches on the phone to him saying, you know, this is what this is why we haven't picked you because that comment from McBride saying that he wasn't consistent is 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 it's offen- nonsense, is offensive it? actually yeah. to him. Um, and it's it's a it's a it's a ridiculous throwaway comment isn't it mm. you, sh- you should come out with you and say sorry I-, I made an error there and that'd be better wouldn't it I made an error this is the reason actually why or I've had a chat with James off off, you know off yeah, yeah. and this is the reason you know we've had a- we've spoken about it because I reckon there's been no conversation at all I reckon yeah you get that happened. feeling don't you yeah. it, again we you know you don't know that but it just it looks that way and yeah. and I agree I think he's the kind of player that just get him close to the squad and have a look and see what he's capable of and if you think you know yeah if you if you think he's uh, you know he's too much of a joker and too much of a character, and you're not going to pick him, we'll find that find that out first hand. 
you know, yeah. by, by having him in the squad and having a look because you cannot fault what he's doing on the pitch. I don't think it's that, though, the fact that he's a character. No? No, thinking about it, I think that the, the coaching team probably, they know what, they, you know what you're going to get from, from Ellis Jenkins and he is an incredible player. Mm. You, know you know what you're going to get from Ollie Griffiths. With him, he's, a, he's, he's, he's got all the different bits, isn't he? But I think that if you gave him a set role and said, stick to this now, James, he could stick to it. Um, I think in a, in a way that's the problem I don't want to talk about you know I think we've, we've kind of drifted onto Wales but we should probably do actually but again it, it kind of all comes back to what we say about wanting players who can play what's in front of them and James Davis is undoubtedly one of those players and you know you wonder whether that's yeah. the kind of thing that's suffering him because we talk about it so much though because he's because he's exciting and we want to see exciting yeah, players don't that's, we? that's all you want as a fan isn't it yeah you know, if you're watching a player like him, it gets you off. It gets you off your seat. You want to pay money to to go and watch players like that play rugby. He's fun and to pati- watch, and particularly in He's Wales. You know, to. you want to play players. You want to watch players who are entertainers because yeah. that's our that's our history. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll come back to this, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Anyone else that uh, caught your? Well, I tell you what. I thought his brother had his his best game for about three years. I thought John Davis was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And he's coming into form just at the right time, isn't he? Yes. You know, actually, if you cast your mind back to 2013, he had a, a shaky start to the Six Nations that season. You remember, we got blitzed by Ireland at home, and then he kind of his form kind of gradually mm. came back throughout the year. He and does he was, do this, isn't and he? he was superb on the yeah. Lions tour. It's almost like he's had a word with Gat and say, Gat, don't don't worry about uh, don't worry about my form. I'm just sort of I'm going to play particularly poorly or average for <laughs> for a while, and then when it comes about, I'll step it up. Because, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, his and his reading of the game as mm. well defensively was was special, and in attack, he just he was able to fend, make those hard yards that we'll need against New, we'll need against New Zealand, and then get his hands free and offload. And yeah, I I, I believe that he'll be uh, he'll be at the moment he's starting in that um, in that Lions. Well, it's it's a big call, um, but based on if he can play like that, like he did on on Friday night, you know, and I, I think it was the defensive thing as much as anything. Yeah. If he can get up to you know if he was to play a test match against Bowden Barrett and he could do what he did to Barrett uh, to Sexton to Barrett all of a sudden it's a completely different ball game because he was people, wasn't he? yeah he was and if you know if you can do that to Barrett who is a you know a freak of nature one of the the best talents that I've ever seen but he's still you know in his um in his mm. kind of formative years in um in an all black shirt so there is an opportunity to I say target him, you know, yeah. that, that could backfire. But you would back someone like John Davis to to be able to to provide a massive defensive threat to uncertain. To do what he did um, defensively, when you've got someone of Sexton's calibre there with a man down, mm. and, and he could have been made to look very very silly. And he, it was the complete opposite, wasn't it? It, yeah. it almost looked like there was extra players in the Scarlet's back line and it was all he was controlling that yeah he was and it, you know that's been one of the things is when he's playing his best rugby that kind of spot blitz yeah. where he steps up and you you know you look really foolish if you get that wrong yeah. you and with a man down and with a man that's... down yeah, that, yeah I thought that was brilliant yeah. and again I think it that comes back to the to the Scarlet's coaching and that freedom you talk about of trusting the players to go out there and make the right decisions at the right time and they all did yeah yeah, did you feel that you know when when Steph Evans went off, I felt massively sorry for him. Yeah, I did. You, you, you probably we all did. There was something there was something within me that that thought that the Scarlets because they've got such a good a good sort of uh, feeling within the mm. camp that they weren't that it was going to be a Scarlets win. 
but they just didn't want to let him down. Um, How do you mean, sorry, I'm not... Well, just that I just felt the moment he went off and got yeah. like, I, I, I thought Scarlets were going to win. Yeah. I, I don't know what, he, you know, I don't know why. I just felt that they were, they were going to do this for him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, um, I know what you mean. I don't think they needed any extra motivation because they yeah. came out that, that night and just looked completely as though they were so focused on the job, they were going to go out and get it done regardless. Um, and they did, you know, emphatically. Re- you know, really, I, I think at most points in the game, particularly when Liam Williams, who we haven't mentioned, stepped up mm. and slotted a couple of penalties, you know, they just they looked really comfortable and just so believed in, in what they were doing. And I think every time they got one of those big hits, or that, um, that uh, Tideburn turnover... Yeah, that was that just epitomised it. You know, it was that sense of belief in their in their defensive effort. And I thought the two second rows were outstanding. Yeah, yeah, um, they really were. You know, Rawlins was smashing into rucks and smashing um, through Leinster smashing backs. Everything, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Real kind of joy yeah. to watch. And I, I tweeted out on on Friday night because he, you know, he's he's one of those players who. You imagine Scarlet's fans will have seen a lot more of and appreciated him. And I basically asked, Look, is, he, is he as good as that every week? Because that was a that was a, a tour de force from him. Yeah, they were very impressive, the pair of them. So fired up, weren't they? Mm. You could see from when Byrne got that turnover, he was literally screaming, wasn't he, with, uh, you know, to let everyone know. And against the region that let him go as yeah, well. His re- yeah, probably meant more, meant more because yeah. of that. Um, and um, it's probably worth mentioning at this point as well, uh, Aaron Shingler. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Again, I'm I'm sorry that Dav's not here I because he's uh, remains kind of unconverted. Yeah. But I hope that's changed off the back of that. Because again, any Scarlets fans will tell you he's been that good all season. Yeah. But the, the physicality of it as well. This is what I kind of don't get. Is I just think there's there's so many amazing back rowers in Wales, but there's one or two who stand out because they're very different. And I think Shingler is that. He's an enforcer. He's, a, he's he? an enforcer. He's yeah. a brilliant liner option. He's a, still a phenomenal athlete in his late twenties. You know that fend. Yeah. Was it was it Gibson Park? He yeah, fended it was, off the yeah, scrum. Yeah, I mean, admittedly a scrum half, but nonetheless, the pass wasn't you know wasn't perfect because no. it was it was just a bit behind him. Yeah. But the timing of the fend was absolutely yeah. spot on. And something that people have said that he you know he he maybe doesn't read the game that well. Well, he did in that instance, didn't yeah. he? Just looked up, and then and then and then went. So something that we haven't always seen from him. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I think um, I think he's been phenomenal all season. I, yeah, it'd be a massive shame, you know, if we look back in ten years' time and go, you know, we we never saw the best of Aaron Shingler in a in a Wales yeah. shirt. But it looks to be it looks to be that way, doesn't it? Yeah, Sadly. and like I say, you know, I, I don't think he's ever let Wales down either. No, I, I think he's done a really good job standing in at seven. You know, you cast your mind back four or five years ago where we didn't have the strength and depth at seven and, yeah, and, and he, he was and doing he, that and he, he, he absolutely is in the seven but yeah. he did alright <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah so I mean we could go on through we all could the go team, on through all the team absolutely yeah. a, a phenomenal all round performance and we'll be going ahead and previewing uh, the, the final in part two so make sure um, you have a listen later on in the, the week um, where we'll be um, we'll be releasing um, uh, a preview edition looking ahead to Looking ahead to that final. Um, right then, better have a chat about the Ospreys because uh, you know this. We've been sat here kind of cheerfully going through a, a wonderful performance by Welsh side. Unfortunately for the Ospreys, it was pretty much the polar opposite of that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they um, they were they were particularly poor, weren't they? Um, very very lacklustre, no intensity. Um, I think Munster did a did a very good job. They were. 
I, for me, they were taking the uh, they were taking the laws right to the uh, to the edge. There. Oh, they were um, undoubtedly. I mean, they were offside, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, continually, ref didn't pick them up on it. But Scar- but um, Ospreys didn't um, didn't adapt. You've got at to all, adapt they? to that, yeah. And you, we all know it that if you don't if you don't stop them on the gain line, they'll just rumble on and they get a strangle. They they just they strangle the life out of, out of you and uh, physically. Um, Munster was so was so much better. It, it looked like men against boys, sadly. It did. I think the gain line is the absolute key because Munster got over the gain line so easily, and Ospreys had large phases. You know, they had twelve, fourteen phases with the ball in hand and just couldn't get over the gain line. Yeah, yeah, they lacked ball carriers. Yeah, it was no penetration. Couldn't get any penetration, could they? I mean, Murph would would have probably been, you know, caught screaming for uh, for Baker if um, if his nose if was all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boy they were crying out for him. But when I was I was thinking, why? How are they not getting over the line? You know, look at the second rows. There's there's Bradley. There's Alan Wynn. Obviously, Alan Wynn. He had a, he had a good game to be fair. You know, first. Yeah, I thought he did. Um, but Bradley. I, I don't think we've seen anything like yeah. the Bradley of old. He looks um, to be carrying knocks still, doesn't he? To me, he, d- he doesn't look right. You know, yeah. if you think back to him when he was playing for Cardiff and playing for Wasps, and he would give everything physically, and you could always rely on him. To smash into people yeah. and get you Just some, get yards, you some easy yards, yeah. and he hasn't really looked like that for me all season. No, you know he's not looked like the same Bradley Davis. Which again, Dean, I'm not sure exactly what's behind that. Whether it's just kind of age catching up with him as he kind of reaches reaches thirty, but don't know. It's it, but that that looked like a yeah a key part in the game. Really, was was the the forwards not being able to get over that gain line yeah I mean set piece the, the scrum the, 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 the Ospreys were completely blown apart weren't yep. they um, the uh, the Manchester boys up front did a did a great great job didn't they um, I thought Baldwin was poor yeah Scott Baldwin is, is just a player bang out of form for me you know his line out and I know line out is a is a team thing you know it's a unit but you know the one where he's just thrown it to someone's back it's you know and, and actually his, his throws weren't straight the whole time. Wasn't happy, was he? No, he wasn't at all. And you know, there's a couple of times he got pinged for um, for crooked throws. It just doesn't look like a player yeah. playing in form. And again, you know, to come back to the Wales tour, do you want him out there? Just give him the summer off. Could have done give him the summer off. We go you know away, what he come do back. He's firing and, and, yeah. and it's good, isn't he? Good ball carrier. Yeah, um, good ball carrier and a good scrummager. And you know when his whole game is firing well, then he's he's a, yeah. a trusty, reliable player. Give him the summer off, get him back to um, have a full pre-season with the Ospreys, and come back fit and firing next season. You know, looking to fight for his place because you know if Sam Parry's fit, and you know Scott Arnold's not a bad yeah. player either. Lovely dink over the top. Yeah, but we've yeah. got some we've got some exciting young hookers, haven't we? They should they should be there. They're not going to. You'd hope they're not going to be tested that much over on this tour in terms of scrummaging. Mm. You'd hope. Yeah. We, we, it, it is Wales and we've been surprised haven't we but we've been blown off the park by these teams before I yeah. but you know, it's this type of tour that, that, that they should be on but um, yeah I mean I was so disappointed with the Ospreys I tipped them to win I still I still think now they should, they, they, should, they could have won that game if they just played if they were tactically astute and Munster they don't play an exciting game they're if you don't if you, they'll try and beat you up and the Ospreys had the people there to match them on that side and you know they were they were rushing up, and it was crying out for pick and goes, pick and mm. goes. Even if they weren't going to make hard yards, they had the fit. They should have had the fitness on them, 
Um, just pick and go, pick and go. Bigger should have been using inside runners and outside runners, but tightly off him, and then going out. And it and varying the kicking game as well. You know, dinks over the, the top. The kicking game was the the one for yeah, me that really stood think. out because when they did kick the ball, it was yeah. it was awful. You know, Leonard spent a lot of time kicking. His kicks were way too yeah. deep. I thought we had a stinking game. He should have actually. been pulled off far earlier, shouldn't he? Um, I, yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was awful, wasn't he? Yeah. From the moment, I mean, we messaged each other, didn't we, early on? He had a howler from, mm. from minute one. Yeah, he did. Um, and, you know, he should have been pulled off very, very, you know, because you, you've got to have your nine so important playing against Munster. Of course. And we've just given the ball back to them. And it's difficult because, you know, Reese Webb pulled out of the 11th hour with, yeah. a, with an injury. But, you know, this kind of comes back to the strength and depth issue. Yeah, Tom Hubfield, I think, is a really good nine. You know, he is, without doubt, the second best nine at that club. And it's kind of his versatility has has cost him because he's, out, he's yeah. out on the wing. You know, is there no one is there no one who could do a job on the wing so that Hubbardfield can come in and play nine? And I think that would have made it, you know, it would have made a difference. I don't think the Ospreys would have won, but I, I do think it would have made a difference in a key position yeah. like that. Well, yeah, they, 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 they still would have been lacking going forward, wouldn't they? But he would have made a massive difference. I thought he picked... He, he, the game speed picked up when uh, I'm not up the way. tempo. Yeah. No, no, yeah. When uh, when he did switch to nine, yeah. obviously the game the game was long gone. But yeah, just big, bigger as well. He, um, he he just I don't know. He he was completely outplayed, wasn't he? Um, One thing Tyler I wanted to talk about. Yeah, had him in his pocket. He did really, didn't he? Um, and he's someone that you know, he 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 blows hot and cold mm. to be honest. But bigger just didn't he didn't vary. I mean, Sam, I would have. Sam Davis, when he came on the sixty-seventh minute, the game was gone. He was—he's always going to force things, Davis, when he comes on in those situations. Mm. Because what, what else is he going to do? I would have brought him on earlier. Um, Beck was completely off the pace, and I was really looking forward to seeing him um, make a little bit of uh, make uh, Francis Saeli look silly mm. because you can pull him around. And that happened a couple of times. It did, you know, Saeli is a terrific force going forward. Yeah. But there's undoubtedly flaws in his game defensively, and that did happen. Yeah. And it just it just didn't work, did it? You know, actually, Beck had that horrible floated pass oh. straight into something, yeah, which, that was not, that was, which is not which is not what you expect from. Yeah, um, that was try time. It, it was, and and even Dan Evans, um, mm. I think he, he should have put have a field in. Yeah. And I could see what he was trying to do to straighten. You know, was to what Welsh backs so rarely do was to try and commit the man and make sure. But he almost looked as though he didn't want to. He didn't want to pass the ball out to have a field. Yeah. You know, whether it's because he's a, you know, playing on the wing is his secondary position, I don't know. But yeah, it was really disappointing because they did have chances despite playing pretty poorly. And also the scoreline, you know, just the scoreline the whole time. It took a long time for Munster, despite being pretty dominant yeah. and pretty comfortable the whole time, to get to those get, points on the board. Yeah, the fact that the Ospreys were sort of still it in that first, you know, I, I couldn't, I was thinking, good grief, this is, you know, if, if, if this continues. The uh, the Ospreys surely will play better second half, and something will something will happen, because Munster they they weren't very good, were they? Um, it was it was a hugely disappointing. They they had no creative no creativity at all, um, and it was a game that I think they could have gone out and won. Anyone in the Ospreys impressing? I thought Alan Wynne Jones played well. To to be fair to him, um, his first game coming back, he lasted. You know, he lasted a long time, didn't he? Mm. He was physically in everyone's faces, but he couldn't do it on his own. He was the only one that was 
that was right in ev- you know right into everything. I thought Nicky Smith was good in the loose as and well. Nicky, to be fair, I yeah. thought he had um, he had a good performance in the loose. And I thought in the loose he played well, but yeah. in up, up, up front, which is where we need him to be. Uh, to be strong, he was taking he was taken apart. Wasn't those he? Um, I mean, those those monster props are really gnarly yeah. characters, aren't they? Gone are the days of of um, of Irish provinces yeah. lacking, you know, needing to bring in yeah. reinforcements from abroad because um, it was Ryan and Kilcoin. Kilcoin I thought Kilcoin was fantastic. And, yeah, Kilcoin had Rodri Jones again in his pocket, didn't he? and Rodri is he, it just shows that he's not a tight head. Um, yeah, he, 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 they were just. We couldn't get they couldn't get a platform, could they? And then no. yeah, Ryan Ryan played well, didn't he? Um, Nicky I think he's always, played he's played well all season. Yes, yeah, really good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, those those two went well. Um, yeah, just I'm still still annoyed now. Yeah. To be honest, no, Keith Earls, I thought looked looked dangerous every time yeah. he had the ball. Little dancing. I thought Zebo was good too. You know, obviously yeah. that, that wonder try, which there must have been a forward pass in there somewhere. Look to, look to be I'm sure there was a beautiful pass try that, but it was a brilliant try. And actually, to be fair, what I was glad of is that they, once the try was awarded, there wasn't this. Oh yeah, it's a try. Let's go forward and back. Just, like, just be decisive on those things yeah. because either you, that's a brilliant yeah. try and it's and it's given, yeah. or yeah, you just lose that kind of excitement if there's yeah. this award the try, then go back and check it. You know, either check it or don't. Um, but I thought Zebo, um, I thought Zebo was very good too. Um, you know, and kind of showed those some of those footballing skills alongside his athleticism. Um, but yeah, very disappointing um, evening for uh, Frost based fans. And I think, yeah, they just need to go away, regroup. I think, um, you know, hopefully some recruits over the summer will um, will help them go again next year. Yeah, they need to uh, need to have a rest, don't they? Regroup and uh, pull themselves together. Another side whose European journey came to an end, um, or season came to an end this time in the European playoff was Cardiff Blues. Did you manage to catch that one, Dan? Um, I didn't watch the whole of the game, but I've seen bits and bobs yeah. of it. Uh, I'm going to watch the rest of it a little bit later. They um, they were mighty, they were un- unlucky when they gave everything. Um, it's impossible for you to win a game like that with that many injuries, isn't it? It was t- yeah, it was very tough. Um, I thought they gave a decent account of themselves um, and certainly started. You know, started pretty strongly in the in the first half, and there was some there was some good stuff in there. You know, it was a great try for Macaulay Cook in yeah. there, but it was a really funny loose game actually. You know, and you had Sergio Parise. Uh, I don't know if you've got to this bit yet, but makes an outrageous break from yeah. um, from his own twenty two and, uh, and puts a crossfield kick in that they go and score from. Um, I mean, stuff on say like a, it, it was almost it, it kind of at times reminded me of that. Um, Wales Fiji game in the World Cup of 07 oh. where you had both sides kind of chucking the ball around and, and and you always kind of knew which side was going to be better in that kind of loose rugby on that a load of us had tickets to go oh, yeah. to go over we had accommodation booked were you there? no oh, well right. obviously we didn't we didn't go in the end we had our we had our quarterfinals oh so right we, we, we oh, booked God. it in advance I remember we were watching it down in the tap dad was there as yeah. well God, we, we went back to my place then just sat there with a couple of cans just in silence so upsetting that was yeah it was I, I still have oh, nightmares about that yeah. game because you could just see it happening it's like yeah. you know if you if ever as a side to not play like that we got them again we? well we always have them well we think we will probably have fun yeah. we'll probably have Fiji um, but yeah it, again it's, as we said a number of times it's been a difficult season for the Blues and you know a couple of recruits next year um, I think particularly in the second row with uh, Welch and Thunder yeah. and stuff that should Help shore them yeah. up into a bit more of a, a physical unit up yeah. front because they, we all know what the backs capable. Yeah, they've got the the attacking prowess is there, isn't it? They can score tries. Um, 
you know, from, from anywhere on the park. They just got to firm up and, and play better in the tight. So they end up playing this loose game, which they're not quite good enough at the moment to win. You know, they can't outscore teams, can they, because of the tight five situation. So once they get that sorted, hopefully these new guys will. They'll be a force next year. Indeed. Right, well, uh, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion for uh, yeah this um, this special edition of uh, Attack and Scrum podcast. And if you agree or disagree with us, give us a shout on Twitter at Attack and Scrum, or you can search for us on Facebook. And as we always ask, uh, if you leave us a review as well, we'll make sure we give you a shout out on air. Hugely kind of important thing for um, for us kind of growing the podcast is is number of reviews and subscribers. So if you've enjoyed it, give us a review, subscribe, and just tell your mates as well. Kind of go old fashioned, yeah. old fashioned word of mouth in the pub. Absolutely, right. Spread it. The pub is calling. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.